The following program is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of each purchase goes to animals in the wild. Learn more and pick up your stick now at schmitz.com. The following program is also underwritten in part by... My dog Annie recently broke her leg. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. How smart are your pets? Can they do tricks? My cat cannot do any tricks. But, you know, generally cats... Don't do tricks. It's I mean, not, he, he disappears. He does disappear. Yes. Uh, all the time, which I guess that is a trick. Yeah. But generally, uh, cats, you're their slave. Yes. <laughs> and uh, really, they don't they do not do anything uh, on command. But dogs, they're different. They want to impress you. They want to get food treats. And training your dog, well, some dogs can be easy to train. Some dogs can take a, a lot of time to train. Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, is, uh, well, it's in her name. She's a stunt dog. She yeah. does stunts all the time. And you've trained her these uh, stunts, I assume? I have, you know, and I just think, my God, what would she be in the hands of somebody who actually knew what they were doing? I know. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be amazing. It seems like. She could be on TV. You know? I know. Or viral. She could be. Did it take a lot of time to train her? Or did she just pick it up no, intuitively? You know, I read sometimes that, you know, I was patient because I read it could some things take many repetitions and not her. She'd get it first or second try. Really, she really? had it. Yes. What kind of things can she do? Can uh, she, she uh, can... cook dinner? No, we haven't tried that yet. Okay. Well, you know, but the thing is, she's so little, she can't reach the stove. Yeah, and the, the whole opposable thumb she thing is still She doesn't have the thumb. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. She jumps through hoops. She jumps over bars. She touches my hand. She can stand up and spin and dance. And... Oh, my wife has taught me pretty much the same trick, especially the jumping through hoops thing. Okay, so today, and the reason I bring this up, is we're having Chris Perondi on. And Chris, he has a, a training academy in Stockton, California, the Stunt Dog Academy. And this might be an academy that Ladybug the Studio Stunt Dog she would benefit. She should should. Maybe yes. she could get a scholarship there or something. I wonder if she could. And you promised me that he's going to teach us a trick today? Yes, he's going to teach us a stunt over the radio. That we can train our dogs. Yes, and it should be hopefully one that everybody can do. Okay, so grab your dogs, bring them around the radio, because in a few minutes, Chris Perondi will teach your dog, or teach us how to teach your dog a stunt, a trick. Uh, we don't know what it is yet. We'll have to find out. Did he tell you what it is? No, he's going to surprise us. Maybe it's cooking dinner. Maybe. Okay. There you go. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the big old newsroom? I'm working on a story. Okay, there's only a couple of animals that have been scientifically documented to be able to differentiate between human expressions. You know, they could tell when you're angry, whenever you're joyful. We've got some new information that adds another animal, so now three to that list. And this is a farm animal. Okay, that's on the way in just a few minutes. Does it go, bah? No. Uh, oh. No, get, no clues, no clues. <laughs> that's on the way. <laughs> what was that? No, now it's you're the wicked witch It of sounded horses. like the ferret. It yeah, like now it's the other way to the ferret. Okay. Uh, let's go to the phones for your calls. What do you say? Are you ready to take some, Doc? Oh, yeah, let's go to it. 
And let's go to Linda. Hey, Linda, how are you? I'm just fine. How are you? Good. Where are you today? Well, I'm in Sandpoint, Idaho, but I really am uh, from Leesport, Pennsylvania. So you get around. You travel a little bit, I guess. Uh, yes. I, yes. Yesterday, I had just finished a 12K race with about 40,000 other people. Wow. <laughs> wow. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. I, 12K. So that's, what is that, 10 miles? No, it's 7.45 miles. Wow. I couldn't do that on a bet. I'll tell you that. Right. I, I'm saluting right now. That That is amazing. So, Thank you. Thank you. I have the whole team here for you. What's going on with your animals? Well, uh, I have a cat. She's 16 and a half years old. And last fall, she started like a long, growling, uh, horrific moan, mostly during the night. It sounded like she was in pain. And it went on, you know, for quite a while. And uh, I went to two different vets. Had lab work done. They came out fine. It, um, uh, one and uh, and the, uh, the urine sample was fine. No cystitis or signs of infection. And um, you know, I'm, I was just very concerned about it. it. It would be enough. It would happen several times during the night, wake me up, and I'd lose sleep too. But mostly, I was just worried about her. So, but the vets had. Uh, I got a gabapentin, pentin to help with uh, some of the pain from one vet, and that didn't work because I just got scratched up trying to give it to her. And uh, she's not uh, moaning and groaning so much now, but she still has episodes of it. And uh, when I find her, she is standing on, on all four legs and sort of hunched over a little bit. So I don't know if that's an indication. What do you think I should do? Hmm. Yeah, so when we have nighttime howling and kind of odd behaviors with cats, especially older cats, there are a couple of things that rise to the surface that I really would want to check. And, you know, you'd have to confer with your veterinarians if these specific things have been evaluated. But a howling cat in the middle of the night, that hasn't always done that. We've got to go back to say, you know, some cats, obviously, they get us up in the middle of the night, and we're not talking about that. We're not talking about the cat that's knocking things off the dressers or meowing to Correct. get food. This is a diff- totally different behavior, and we do see it in senior cats more. So the things we really look at um, as causes of this, number one would be hypertension, cats get high blood pressure too. And um, that would be something specifically to check for because it is definitely related when we see this kind of behavior. Uh, The other thing would be hyperthyroidism. So having an excessive amount of thyroid hormone, um, very commonly, again, we would see um, a lot of other things as well, um, but we also see sometimes this night vocalization. Then the other two things that we get down to would be generalized pain. So that could be obviously anywhere. So orthopedic pain, um, abdominal pain. Um, so that kind of is where we get into all those different tests to see, do we have any signs of stones? Do we see any kind of um, lower spine arthritis or hip arthritis? That's not uncommon in cats. So those kind of things I would zone in specifically and you know, do lab work and x-rays to look for. Um, mm-hmm. And then the kind of the, the, the last one, which is kind of, is, is actually a big one, is uh, cognitive dysfunction. So that's basically mm-hmm. the equivalent of uh, senility in dogs and cats. And cats, when they're over 11 years of age, so, you know, once we get around 11 to 14 years of age, almost a third of cats are going to have some kind of unusual 
senior cat behavior that could fit with cognitive dysfunction. Um, okay. You know, those are wandering. We might have, um, you know, not using the litter box consistently, vocalizing, and just this kind of nighttime arousal. And it's very much like if, if you've ever known anyone that's a person that's gone through this, they talk about sundowner syndrome. And right, these behaviors right. do tend to happen more after bed, you know, when we go to bed. So those right. are the things that I'd really say that I would want to scrutinize in her medical history to see if those have been checked for Um, because you know certainly some of those are quite treatable and you know we'd want to get on top of that if we don't find a cause then I focus more towards cognitive dysfunction and you know there there are some different medications and supplements that we can use to help pets that are going through that so that's Mm -hmm. um, definitely Mm -hmm. a way we can can look at that so we ruled um, out blood pressure we ruled out thyroid t3 4 free you know was was all fine uh the dementia they said that's a possibility what was the first one you said again was possible um, the other thing would be uh, pain, and I think that's probably why they put oh, the her on pain, the gabapentin yeah. trial. So the well, other thing is orthopedic pain. A lot of times with cats, I go for the, the least uh, invasive methods possible. So gabapentin, if you can give it, f- fabulous. But there's also um, glucosamine that you can give to cats in a, a kind of a granular form, and you add it to, like, mixed mix it with canned food and that you know for some levels of orthopedic discomfort can help Mm -hmm. doesn't always Mm -hmm. do the trick but that's one thing that i would certainly Mm -hmm. look at um well one that we would a uh, urinalysis uh rule out um stones wouldn't they see Um, some sort of not necessarily no so um yeah Yeah, x-rays sometimes, um, there's some crystals that show up on x-ray, or I should say some stones that would show crystals on a urinalysis, but we don't necessarily have to see them. But yeah, the other thing is that we'd be looking for things like in the kidney as well. So, and if they saw anything kind of odd in her urine, I'd say that would definitely warrant taking a a peek with an x-ray there. Okay, any uh, nutritional things? I had changed uh, to a whole house water system, which probably took out a lot of the minerals, and I didn't mm-hmm. know if that would change change her makeup at all, and I started feeding her spring water. She's drinking, and that's the other thing, she's drinking a bundle. Yeah, so... Uh, and chewing hmm. a lot, too. She's really... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I'd say if you're seeing urinary symptoms, then it would definitely make me want to look at that further. And, you know, the interesting thing with cats and urine issues is we do urinalysis um, to help look at the urine, but it doesn't always tell us everything. So if we're worried about right. a kidney infection, we actually have to culture the urine. So, um, you know, that might also be something to maybe take a step further to have them look at that. Yeah, well, I hope they did it because they did a cystosynthesis, and so I hope they did the whole schmeal with it. But yeah. well, listen, I thank you very much, and I appreciate it. And I'll be home in New Ar- in uh, Leesport uh, and hearing W E E U. Oh, great! Hearing you on Saturday morning. Well, thank you so much for listening, Linda. And once thank again, you. congratulations on something that I could never even possibly <laughs> think of doing—that uh, uh, seven-plus mile run. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five, and this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smells seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's Special Edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, five percent of each purchase supports animals in the wild. It's available at Whole Foods Markets and Schmidt's.com. And thank you, Schmidt's, for underwriting Animal Radio. 
You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1 866 405 8405. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And I just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet. And you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals, and for the environment. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Who let the dogs out? wasn't me. I, I wouldn't let the dogs out. Well, if they had to go to the bathroom, I might do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that would be one of the cases. Or if there was like a burglar or something like that, I would, I would uh, actually, we'd both hide under the bed, to be, to be honest. Okay. In just a few minutes, we're going to do a quick check of the news. I wanted to remind you that you can, of course, call and ask your questions at one 405 8405 but you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Did I mention it was free? You can download it right now, ask your questions directly from the app, as well as listen to the show, and all kinds of other fun stuff over there. Uh, so go to your app store and look up Animal Radio, or the Animal Radio app. Lori, what are you working on? going to uh, tell you about a bird, a parrot, that police actually took into custody because they were so baffled by what it said when they did hear it talk. <laughs> and, yeah, we'll tell you what it said that was so criminal. And this is not the first parrot story or bird story repeating Mm-mm. something uh, we, we've heard about. Relationships oh, being broken up, uh, yeah. infidelity, all kinds of thieves. Yeah. Even Attempted a, murders, even. Yes, I yeah. remember one of those. Yeah. Right. Those birds. Well, wow. I can't wait to hear this particular bird story coming up. But first, between now and that bird story is you at one 405 8405 And let's uh, go to James, who has a call for Joey. Hey, James, where are you calling from? Well, right now I'm in uh, Lake Park, Georgia. Lake I'm Park, Georgia. Yes, sir. I'm a truck driver, and I'm calling for um, a little bit of Joey's advice here on account of I have this little bug that loves to ride around with me, but sometimes we stay out on the road for very extended periods of time, and, you know, giving them a proper bath is not very feasible. So I'm wanting to know what I could do for him, you know, what products or what procedures I, Joey might recommend to keep him clean and, you know, healthy while he's out on the road with me. So let, let me ask you a couple of questions here. What's your main objective is just to clean the dog? Is the dog getting stinky? Is it shedding? Because that's going to determine really, you know, what direction I go in. Yeah, well, I brush them every day. Um, but we're out sometimes for two months at a time, and it gets a bit oily and stuff, you know. And, and okay. we're walking around in grass that, you know, I don't know what's in there. I just want to keep I mean, I got front line and all that for him as far as fixing fleas and all that. 
but, I, you know, he just gets dirty. There's a lot of products out there and wipes that you can go to the store and, and get um, a lot of some um, spray, um, dry shampoos, and, and, you know, a lot of things out there on the shelves that you can go out and buy. But if you want a real quick fix, and this works unbelievable, and it's good that you're brushing and combing the dog now because you, you, you're removing the dead coat. So if you're used to doing that, you're going to go to the store and you're going to buy yourself a 69-cent box of baking soda. Now, baking soda, you're going to sprinkle that in, in the coat now it's going to do two things it's going to number one remove the oil because it's going to absorb so you're going to sprinkle it on you're going to let it sit i don't know just a couple of minutes and then you're going to brush it through not only is it going to absorb the dirt and the oil it's going to also neutralize any odors any smells or anything like that um and it's going to when, when you brush it it's going to fall off the dog after it absorbs everything and fall to the ground so the best thing to do is is i wouldn't do this while you're in your truck i would actually do this outside of the truck when you stop um sprinkle the dog with it brush it through it's going to be real safe it's really it's really good for the coat um the dog is going to smell good and a really good thing and trick with with um dogs that have folds in their face and and some some pugs do some pugs don't depending on you know how flat the face is if you use that and you put that in the folds it'll dry out any type of moisture that's in there and the baking soda portion of itself will um actually remove any facial odor works really good it's a good thing it's nice and cheap and you know what i think that you'll be really satisfied until you know listen nothing's ever going to replace a good old soap and water bath but this is something that you can stretch out with a short hair dog um you could stretch it out quite some time i think be real happy with it too well i'm fascinated because that's one thing i was really worried about was like the fold in his face i mean i get into a cutis every now and again and i've been using like wet ones and stuff but that's a very good tip. I'm and, really thankful. You know, and you can continue to use the, the the wet ones, but um, the baking soda. You know, if if you wipe it out with the wet ones, go in with the baking soda. And I'm tell you what, you're gonna notice that there's no odor from the face, and if there's any irritation, any redness, nine times out of ten, that's gonna go away as well. Mm. I use that on my mother-in-law. She has a real wrinkly face. How? She's got kind of a stinky face, too. So, And I got that tip from you last week. I appreciate that. one 405 8405 And this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Critter Cops, a new way to find lost pets, and it's becoming popular all over the USA. It's Critter Cops. You'll get huge media blasts of thousands of people about your lost pet. They also offer specialized services for stolen pets. Try the new way to find lost pets and increase your chances of a reunion. Visit CritterCops.net. You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1-866-405-8405. And now an Animal Radio news brief. When the Heinz tomato ketchup slogan was, good things come to those who wait, they probably didn't mean a tangled mess of rat fur. Health officials in Brazil, they've banned a Mexican-made batch of everybody's favorite condiment after they detected traces of rodent fur in the bottles. Oh, can you imagine pouring it out and then, oh, there's something in this. Oh, there's something. Wow, my burger's a little hairy. It was imported into the country last year. The tainted bottles have reportedly, oh, you have something in your teeth. It looks like it might be a rodent hair. Um <laughs> They've already been pulled from store shelves, and the Brazilian government has banned any sales, distribution, and marketing of the units from the batch. Mexico's own authorities have stepped in, launching an inspection of the factory where the ketchup was made. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal-breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. 
This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at animalradio.pet. Hi, this is Elaine Hendricks on Animal Radio. Please, adopt a pet. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Goats, you heard me right, goats, get a lot of love on the Internet. Uh, They get less attention than the traditional cats, dogs, even, say, whales and monkeys when it comes to understanding their cognition or thinking. But an agricultural scientist at the Institute for Farm and Animal Biology in Germany describes goats in his latest research as being creative, attentive, and even complex. His past research has shown that goats are adept at reading subtle human body language. Now, these researchers have found that goats are also able to distinguish happy people faces from sad ones. And you know what? Goats prefer happy. The finding puts goats in a a pretty rare category, actually. Other animals, such as sheep, have shown that they can recognize human faces, but only dogs and horses had previously demonstrated an ability to differentiate between expressions. So whether these new findings mean goats understand what emotion, uh, human emotion conveys, is really still unknown, but only dogs have proved capable of that. But it means that goats at least do have the first step in the process mastered, and that's not all we've learned from reading this research. Sometimes there are these just really fun little nuggets of information in there. And so because we found one of those in here, we're going to share it with you. Ooh, goat nuggets. (laughs) Yes. Not exactly nuggets, but did you know that goats like dried pasta? I'm still kind of trying to figure out what dried pasta is because pasta is pretty dry before you cook it. Uh-huh. But it is it is a goat favorite. And in fact, goats love it so much that they actually used it in uh, this scientific experiment as the reward for goats. I'm assuming dry pasta is just pasta without sauce. Yeah. I get, you know, that's good. You guys always come up with these things, and I'm like, well, yeah, if I thought about it for another two seconds, I How might have got that. How about uncooked pasta? Sure, that's, that's another uh, dry pasta there. Don't they? I remember the cartoons where they used to eat tin cans. There You're you go. right. Goats don't care because goats will eat anything, right? Well, Colorado's governor has signed what's known as the Animal Ban for Cruelty to Animals Conviction Legislation. Pretty fancy title. But what it means is it bans animal abusers in Colorado from being able to own a pet for up to five years after a conviction. The governor says the law will increase restrictions of people convicted of felony pet animal cruelty and facilitate, this is maybe the best part of this, and facilitate their mental health and treatments that might address the underlying factors that drive that animal cruelty. And finally, a parrot has been taken into custody in Brazil after ruining a police raid there, or coming close to it anyhow, because the bird you see had been trained to look out for his owners, who were actually arrested in this raid on suspicion of dealing crack. 
Keep in mind, this happened in Brazil, so it's all happening in a foreign language, but I'll translate for you here. Police showed up, and the bird repeatedly began squawking a phrase that means, Mama, police! Mama, police! (laughs) But it seems that it's all the bird knew how to say. Police took it into custody, the bird, and say that for the three weeks they had custody of the parrot at the police station, it said nothing. Zero. (laughs) Did not make a peep. And it has since been taken to a local zoo where it will be taught to fly. But by the way, this is like some more nuggets here uh, from this information. This is not the first time that a parrot has been accused of aiding drug trafficking suspects. Back in Colombia in 2010, there was a parrot named Lorenzo that actually made international headlines after police recorded him warning his owners, run, run, at the sight of police officers who were approaching. Colombian law enforcement officials claim there's at least 1,700 birds that have been seized for having been trained to alert their owners if police approach. Wow. Who would have thought? And the one that was silent there, you know, I mean, it probably had the right to remain silent. I mean, it didn't (laughs) didn't actually. (laughs) They arrested him. I'm sure they had to read him his Miranda rights, right? I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, April. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Where are you driving? Uh, actually, I'm in Oklahoma right now, but I'm on my way back home to Georgia. Georgia. Hot yes. Georgia. Okay, well, I got the doctor. <laughs> Dr. Debbie's right here. How can we help you? Okay. Hi, well, April. Thank you. Hi, how are you? I'm doing super. How are you this fine day? I'm doing fine. Okay, my question is, my daughter, when it found a little puppy that somebody was giving away free, and she wanted the puppy, well, when she gets the dog home, it is just covered with, she say it's kicks, but maybe it's fleas, I'm not sure, because I'm not at okay. home. And the puppy is only like seven weeks old. Okay. So we need to find out what can she do to get rid of it. Okay, yes. And depending on the age of the dog is going to kind of depend on what we can and can't do because a lot of the different products will have a age where we'll say, you know, six, I think between six and eight weeks is the most common cutoff for a lot of the different products that we'll use. Um, So that may kind of dictate, you know, where we're at. Um, In many cases, we can use some, um, uh, if it's fleas, we can use flea combs to remove them. Ticks, we can also manually remove. So if we're too young for any kind of insecticide product, we can do that. So that's going to be something to kind of consider. Now, um, the one medication, if we're talking fleas, that can do a really nice quick kill for these is called Capstar. And that's one that, um, if I'm correct, it's usually a month or two of age that we can use that. And uh, that can help kill fleas very quickly. Um, but my guess is if, if you got one parasite, you may have more. So we're going to need to see about getting on a real vigilant use with a, a good flea tick product. And um, also be aware, if this is a flea infestation with a young pup, we can run into problems where they can become quite anemic. So they basically can suck so much blood that the puppy can really be quite weak. So um, we just want to be a little cautious and, and definitely work with a veterinarian as you're selecting a product that's going to be the safest thing for this little one um okay. and um is when i get home like monday but 
in the meantime, she needs to find out something she can do, like, for right now. Yeah. Now, and I guess that really will depend on whether it's the fleas or ticks. But like I said, you can do a flea comb, those really fine-tooth combs to to actually comb the fleas out. And I usually put them in either some soapy water or a little bit of a bottle of alcohol just to kind of kill the boogers so you don't have them jumping around your house. Um, or you can manually remove the ticks. If you're comfortable using a good set of forceps or tweezers and grabbing close to the skin and, and not cracking off and leaving any piece of that tick inside the skin because that will cause a lot more problems. Um, well, I can tell the difference of the fleas or the ticks. Which, because she said they're not moving, like fleas or jump or whatever, but she, they're not really moving around. Yeah, the ticks are usually, once they latch on, they're typically more sedentary. So they'll sit there and they can swell up to sizes five times their size. Um, fleas are much smaller. They're going to be flatter to the skin surface, and they're going to run like the bejesus back and forth. The other thing you can use to tell the difference is if you look at the fur and you kind of backfold it, fleas will leave behind an excrement. We call it flea dirt, and it basically looks like pepper that might be shaken on the dog's skin. So if you see that, you probably got fleas. But like I said, you know, many cases with some dogs, especially if they come with one parasite, they may have multiples. So we're going to want to make sure that even if we don't see those other critters, um, just be prepared. We may need to address that and, um, you know, use proper deworming for internal parasites as well. Of course, when you get a new pet, you should always take it to the vet, get that kind of like uh, kick the tires type of thing. First, check up and <laughs> get, the a, tires. get a baseline. How you crack me up. Well, I, I just thinking, you know. <laughs> but yes, and actually for puppies, once they are six six weeks of age, we do start them into a puppy series of vaccinations. So if all else is good and we're not worried about a very heavy parasite burden, then um, we may be able to, you know, get started with some of those. But um, I think it's really going to make sure... Uh, we're going to want to make sure that this baby isn't really anemic or having any other serious problems from those parasites there. And, uh, you know, if you have more ticks down the road, uh, as it gets older, we'll want to talk about maybe even uh, if in your area they have Lyme disease. That is a tick-borne disease, and we'd want to make sure that baby gets on a, a vaccination protocol for that. Okay. When we take her to the vet, they'll let us know what's really going on. Oh, yes. Yes, and absolutely. But I would make sure that, you know, we address not only the parasites that are there, but also this is where a lot of times, sometimes, you know, not to say veterinarians, we, we just do the easy thing, but sometimes the other things. What else beyond parasites do we need to worry about? We need to worry about what diseases those critters carry. So that would be something that I would, as soon as your vet says, okay, it's flea or it's a tick, now what else do I need to know about? What else do I need to do to help ensure my pet's health from here forward? So. Sounds like this baby's got a great home, and I'm so happy to hear that you're um, getting ahead of the game, getting this baby into the vet, and getting these parasites taken care of. Thank you so much for your call. one 405 8405 This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Embrace Pet Insurance, providing nose-to-tail accident and illness coverage for your dog or cat. It can be customized to fit your budget and your needs. Simply take your dog or cat to any vet, submit a claim form, and get reimbursed quickly. For more information, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com. And thank you, Embrace, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1-866-405-8405. 
Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. Hi, this is David Fry on Animal Radio. I want you to think about this. It's much more important what we learn from our dogs than what we teach them. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. It is Animal Radio, and if you're one of those people that just doesn't do Facebook or Instagram, uh, join the club. I don't either. Um, I'm one of the few people. I think we're. I think there's like ten or a dozen of us in the whole world, in, in the whole world that uh, <laughs> don't do this. What I actually do is I leave this to Judy because Judy she will uh, scan through all of the videos, all of the pictures, all the viral everything that's viral on I, social media. Yeah, I like the especially the cat videos. That's my favorite. And this next guest caught us by attention. We welcome to the show activist and Glamour Magazine Woman of the Year from 2012 and the Guardian of the Late. Viral sensation, Bailey. Not the ordinary cat. This is a very unique cat. Welcome to the show, Erin Marin. Hi, thank you for having me. So let's talk a little bit about Bailey. And Bailey is definitely not an ordinary cat. Bailey loved, and and by the way, Bailey has passed. I'll just point that out right now. At 14 years old, lived a nice long life. Uh, but a good life, yep. Bailey used to take bubble baths and actually enjoyed (laughs) these bubble baths. That. Yep, that is correct. And he would uh, often sit in a chair and be read to for hours uh, while getting maybe a pedicure. A catacure. And didn't mind, actually enjoyed this, and you were able to photograph this? Oh, yes. Everything from being pushed in a buggy to dressed up in baby onesies to sitting in a height chair and being fed, you know, cat food. He would allow my daughters to do anything to him. Well, now that's interesting because my cat barely loves me to pet it. (laughs) Well, what do you think uh, made Bailey different? You know what? And I knew he was a unique, sweet cat the minute I met him just by his mannerisms and how affectionate he was and how he just, like, lets you do anything to him. Because I had two cats back home when I found Bailey. And so I fell in love with him so quickly and knew he was no ordinary cat that I actually hid him in my college dorm room. Um (laughs) Cats weren't allowed in the dorms, and I hid him um, because I could not walk out of that store um, without without him. You found him in a pet store? I found him in a pet store in my college town. A little dinky town had this little pet store, and they had cats and puppies, and I you could play with the kittens, and I found him in the cage with his little female sibling, pulled him out, and I just, I, I couldn't leave. After three hours, I walked out with him. <laughs> the relationship between Bailey and your daughter is amazing. It is truly incredible. People cannot believe some of the things I have captured on camera. I mean, he let, he would let her lay on him, and, and she'd sit there and, like, you know, pull on his ears and stuff, and he'd just purr away. Like, the things that this little girl, my little Abby, would do to Bailey, people watch and go, you know, what, what cat allows this? And I had to videotape it because I knew if I just took a picture, 
People think, oh, he ran out of the bathtub in two seconds after that. He was being held or forced down. But when you watch the videos, you see that the cat sat there in the bathtub while they squirted all the bubble, you know, soap on him and scrubbed him with the loofah. You know, he sat in a high chair with the bib on his shoulder, you know, on, a, on his neck. And it's just, I had to capture the video to show people, oh, yeah, he's sitting on their little motorized pink car going down the driveway um, and just sits in the back while my little Hannah and Abby drive off. <laughs> Do you think he just liked the, the attention? Yes, and that, I can tell you, is why he would do anything. He was obsessed with attention. He, You look at pictures, he's got to be touching a human. He's constantly got to have a paw on you, and he follows you. If everyone gets up and leaves the room, he follows you into the next room. He'd follow them to bedtime up in their beds. When I, when I leave and go into the office, he follows me into the office. I mean, everywhere you go, and if you close the door and he doesn't have access to humans, he will sit there and scratch at their door until you let him in. Hmm. Well, even though he's crossed the Rainbow Bridge, he still lives on. And uh, yes. within a book, and I assume still online? Yes. Um, he has 154,000 Instagram followers on Bailey and Ordinary Cat. Um, I've got so many videos of him, I just continue to share them because people are constantly telling me, you know, it's the highlight of their day, seeing another Bailey video or picture. And so I've got 14 years of great footage that I just continue to share with people. Wow. Tell me about the book. So the book is, um, it captures who Bailey is. It's a picture book with words on the next page of captions. So there'll be a picture of, for example, um, Bailey wrapped up in a blanket all around his head. And he had a comment like, um, will you just stop laughing at me and unwrap me? Um, him in the bathtub with the girls they've got their little kitty cat swimsuits on and he's in the bathtub and they're not looking at the camera but he is and you know the quote of when is somebody going to tell them cats hate water (laughs) the cat is talking to you throughout the book so what Um, do you think all the other what do you think all the other normal cats thought of him oh they're probably like who is this crazy cat people think there's a little human he's in a costume but there's really not a cat in there (laughs) I'm looking through the book now. It looks like it would make a great gift. In fact, I'm going to give away 10 copies right now at one 405 8405 If you're not lucky enough to get on through, how can people get the book? You can get the book in Target, Barnes & Nobles, um, all your online, Amazon, other you know sites, and just local bookstores. A lot of them are carrying it. Um, and, and Target has just named it. Um, it was so successful that its first week they've named it their putting it on their recommended reading list. It's fun stuff. And you know, like cats made the internet and this book you can see why. Bailey, no ordinary cat is the name of the book. Author and guardian Aaron Marin joining us. Thank you so much for telling us about Bailey. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Check out Animal Radio Highlights. All the good stuff without the blah blah blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Education. Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin from the TV series Batman. You've got to keep listening to Animal Radio. Wowie zowie. They've got the best information. It's so entertaining. To the Batmobile citizens. 
That's my dog, Annie. She's healthy now, but recently she broke her leg and I had to rush her to the vet. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. They covered her surgery and reimbursed the claim quickly. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses that you can personalize to fit your budget. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a free quote. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Visit EmbracePetInsurance.com for coverage details. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, if you just tuned in, phew, you made it in time. Big hour coming up. Chris Perandi, the amazing stunt trainer for your dog, uh, will be joining us. Dr. Debbie, do your dogs uh, know any tricks? Well, they're trained in agility, so that's oh, like a whole, whole gamut of tricks. They're, they know their agility, they have their little hang-ups, and they um, don't like to perform at meets. So um, oh. our ribbon count has actually not gotten very high. Uh, <laughs> see, <laughs> they've got stage fright. Yeah, Judy has the yeah, same problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, her dog has the same problem. Yeah. Well, it's, I do too. But. And I, I don't think that they even look afraid. They, they, don't, they just look disinterested. It's like, I got this. Why do you want me to prove it to all these people? I, I can do it. And they do every time. Yeah, you know, they can do it, but I haven't figured that one out because you can't treat, you can't give rewards uh-huh. in the performance ring. Oh, wow. So they know when they're getting paid, and they know when they're not going to get paid. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I, I have the same problem. And if your dog knows all kinds of tricks, but they won't perform in public, like Judy's and Doctor Debbie's, we'll talk to Chris Brondi about that. We'll ask him what do we do in that particular situation where they may have stage fright or they won't perform, and He's going to teach us a trick to teach our dogs? Is yes, that right? Yes, is. Okay. Do you know what the trick is yet? I don't know. He's going to surprise us. Okay. You'll have to stick around for that. Ooh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Uh, Lori, what's coming up in the news? Um, a new warning about being overly affectionate with your pets. For, oh. for you animal lovers. How can you be overly affectionate? Really? There's no such thing. There, you mean there's a line? Well, yeah. Yeah. Now there is. They're saying, um, and it, it could um, make you sick, very sick. Okay, that's on the way in a few minutes. Let's talk to you. Oh, did I mention the numbers? Judy's saying I need to mention the numbers again nice and slowly. 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Edward. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Where are you calling from today? I am calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville? You don't have a Nashville accent. Uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> believe it or not. So what's going on with your animals? I have the whole team here for you. Okay. Me and my wife are in total uh, disagreement on what's going on. We have an Australian Shepherd. She's a cat person. I'm a dog person. Uh, Australian Shepherd's only eight months old. But okay. uh, she doesn't like being touched and all that good stuff. But my understanding is Australians like to be touched. They like to be right there. They like to be in your lap, on top of you. They want to be part of your life. My point I'm trying to make to my wife is if you show her a little bit of attention, she's less likely to go find something to chew on. And uh, if you show her because she wants to like you and and she wants you to like her. Am I wrong Mm -hmm. on this? Yes, in some ways. Um, Definitely there's a certain inherent... um, interest in how much human contact and how much snuggle factor a dog would like. And that does differ on breeds. And there are different, you know, kind of 
um, generalizations we can make. Um, so it doesn't mean that your dog may be as snuggly as some other dogs. But, yeah, you do have to make it motivating, and you also have to make it um, to her best interest um, to have her seek out attention from you. So, yes, that's going to mean, like, you know, we're not going to raise our voice. We're not going to, like, um, speak harshly if she's coming nearby. Um, you know, we're going to maybe use food or toys as a reward for her um, reacting in a calm way when she's seeking out attention. We don't want to reward anxious, uh, fearful, or, you know, th- that kind of behavior. That That's not good for anybody. But if she's, you know, chilling and coming near you, absolutely. And if she's not really super close to your wife, you know, we may not get a super close relationship there. Hey, but if your wife's a cat person, she's used to that. That's the good thing, that cats don't like to sit at our laps at our whim. And, um, and she acts like a cat. She wants hug when she wants hug, but she doesn't want anybody hugging her when she doesn't want hug. So, you know, I get that. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any trouble with, with the, the dog's name is Callie, and I don't have any trouble with her because I, when I'm around, we've got the routine of walking in the morning, walking at night. I've got the routine of playing with her a little bit, and then she comes and lays at my feet for the rest of the night. Okay. So I'm thinking that at least she's behaving with me. I've also gone to uh, hand signals with her on a lot of things. Like if she's not allowed in the kitchen, I just put my hand down and she cool. stops. Good, good. So is your so, is your wife experiencing that she doesn't listen to her, or is she bothered by that the dog doesn't interact with her, like, with you? No. she She's bothered that it's a dog, and she's not a dog person. And okay. so she's, in my opinion, she's, she's finding reasons not to like the dog. Oh, okay. Well, if it was something that she... About that. Yeah, and if, you know, perhaps the dog's picking up on, you know, Callie could be getting a vibe that, you know, she's not as excited to see her um, as you are, and that's maybe why she's got a preferential, you know, attachment to you. And the other thing is that, you know, um, if we do have a spouse that's having trouble building a relationship with a pet, especially a dog, the best thing that we could do is have them take over the feeding regimen, and then that makes that person, that human, become a really valued resource in the household. And if that one thing becomes your wife's responsibility, it certainly can change the dynamics and kind of uh, Callie's sense of value to your wife in the household. So if that's anything you guys are interested in, keep that in mind. That that may help their relationship a little bit because food goes such yeah. a long way. <laughs> yeah, well, we've fortunately got a family member that is he trains dogs for families on uh, as his profession. So he's go- he's going to take over for a week to maybe get some of the calmness out of her. Part of it's just she's a puppy. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, that will pass. It's just another six months before it really starts to pass. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we're on the right track. I think that once Callie gets more calm, and we are, we are moving, so that's going to cause a transitional issue with her as well. I think things will get better after that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you got the right attitude, you know, patience. And, you know, we always talk about puppyhood as it's like a horrible time. Oh, my gosh, you know, they're just acting so anxious. They're so, you know, active. They get into things. But when that puppyhood is gone, we all go back and go, oh, remember when she was a puppy? She did all these things. And so truck through it with a little smile. And um, hopefully your wife will see the humor in it as well. (laughs) It's not bothering me. Again, I'm a dog person. I get it. It's just dealing with my wife on it right now. Uh, I got I you. feel for you, man. Got it. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks for calling, Edward. Toll free. The number is 1-866-405-8405. 
Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by the grain-free Red Bar Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You could learn more at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Let's go to line four, and we have Chester. Hey, Chester, how are you doing? Okay, how are you? Very good. Where are you? I'm in Jersey right now. Jersey. Yeah. So what's going on? Well, I um, I had two cats that I got with two weeks apart, and um, one was 16, one was almost 16, and uh, one died of Bordello, Bordella, and the uh, other one was just moping around a lot and died. And I don't know if he was just lonely or depressed, but he was very depressed when the first cat died. Mm. Oh goodness! So, what's your kitty doing that um, that you think he's depressed? Well, he was he was just very he wouldn't eat. He just you know moped around the house, and he finally just he just died one night when we took him to the vet to find out why you know how he died. The vet just said he just he just died, and okay. we took him two weeks before, and he was in like the best of health. Okay, so that was your first kitty that died, right? So yeah, you, the one cat died. And, and you still like have said, the other? We, we got another one. They were two weeks apart, and they lived for like 15 years together. And after one died, the other one died. And I was just wondering. Oh, okay, I see. You know, like, oh. like what happened? Are, are, is your question like, uh, could one die from a broken heart? Yes. Yeah, because I've heard about okay. that. Okay. Yeah. So you know, there definitely is, um, you know, a emotional component when a pet loses a housemate pet, whether it be another dog or cat. Um, so there definitely can that, you know, have that impact. Um, however, you know, you you were blessed to enjoy your cats to an age that you know many cats don't get to live to, and at that age, we do have a lot of other potential health problems. And um, it was just, you know, it was just. One died, and the other one died. Yeah, I understand. And you know, the um, I wish I knew you know your kitty's full medical record and all that, and I could give you some closure because in some cases, um, you know, there's instances where we can find that a pet has an underlying health problem that's kind of under the radar that doesn't really manifest until there's either bodily or household emotional stress. Um, and you know, so I think there's probably more was at play than you know just the loss of your other cat in this situation but you know i'm i'm truly speculating but um because it is an unusual for a cat you know 12 and up to have problems with their kidneys or their thyroid gland or other types of things yeah, or even no, cancers yeah. So I'm so sorry for your loss, Chester. Um, and I guess, you know, the way I lost um, many years ago when I had cats, I had uh, one cat that we lost to um, uh, uh, lymphoma. Um, and uh, it's a type of lymph cancer. And it wasn't but just a few weeks later that my other cat, um, we had to put him down because of kidney failure. And um, in the way that I really saw it is that um, the one cat um, was just downright evil. <laughs> he was just, he hated humans other than me. And uh, yeah. when that cat died, I, I just kind of looked up and I thought, you know, 
I think God just felt that that irritable cat had nobody that was going to like him, even in the best of places. So his friend was, it was his time and he was there to join him. So maybe that's a little spiritual, but, um, you know, your cats enjoyed some great quality time with you and together. And I think as you look back, that's the important stuff that helps us through these difficult times like this and really to embrace that and to help have that help you through this pain. So I'm so sorry for your loss, Chester, and and I wish you the best. Thank you. Our heart goes out to you, and hopefully you'll have room to to bring another furry friend into the house at some point. Thank you for your call today. 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1-866-405-8405. Here's today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. Alfa Romeo unveiled their limited edition Quattrofolio N-Ring vehicle at the 2019 New York International Auto Show. A total of 110 of these limited edition vehicles will be available in North America. The Giulio Quattrofolio cinched a 732 lap, making it the fastest five-passenger vehicle in the world. Stelvio delivered a 751.7 lap, making it the fastest production SUV sold in the U.S. To find your new car, go to ourautoexpert.com. Our auto expert is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Hi, this is Steve Garvey on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your animals. Thank you. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, For the life of me, I cannot train my cat to do anything. Except leave. Oh, when I open a can, he'll come running. There you go. You trained him to come to that. Yeah, but that's about it. You can't take credit for that. Come on now. That's not teaching your cat anything. (laughs) I'm just, you know, I'm going with what... You're just talking about training, and I looked over, I swear to you... And Diesel's on my my studio chair, and I have you know those washable pee pee pads on there. Uh-huh. And he he just rumpled it up and and did a whiz on. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm speechless. That was right in front of me. So is that a good thing or a bad? That's a bad thing, right? Yes. He used the I'm pad. Like, did, he? did he use the pad? It's kind of like flushing yes. afterwards, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, Dr. Debbie, I thought you were going to give me some kind of great uh, incentive or something to to do. Why did he do that? We'll have to ask Chris Perandi, the stunt trainer, coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, You know, apparently, uh, even though we do a radio show on animals, uh, we don't necessarily have them all under control, do we? (laughs) Really, I'm stumped. Okay. Well, if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie in just a few minutes, we'll head to the phones. Chris Perandi, the big trainer, is on the way in just a few minutes also. I probably shouldn't say that. He's... Probably a normal size trainer. I haven't seen a picture yeah. of him, but I certainly don't want to offend him. He has a big old book of tricks that he just uh, published, and it has a bunch of great tricks. He's going to teach us a trick to teach our dogs before the end of the show today. So grab your dogs and your cats if you're a cat person, and the cats will just watch you or walk off. But that's what cats do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, I'm sorry. That's you know, cats like being aloof. That's their thing. I wish I could train my cat because I'm a cat guy. You know, if you ask me if I'm a dog person or a cat person, I will most definitely, definitely say a cat person. Yes, I'm both. 
you're, you are, you're empty, empty, uh, specious. Empty animalist. <laughs> yes. Okay. Animal well, that's the way we work here at Animal Radio. Uh, so we'll go to the phones in just a couple of seconds. We're about 10 minutes away from a news check from the Animal Radio newsroom, the palatial newsrooms overlooking, um, what is that, like a storage lot over there? I think so. Uh, yeah, par- yeah. Parking, yeah lot. parking lot. Yeah. yeah. Home Depot right over there. Yeah. What do you got um, going on this hour? What, besides pee on my office chair? Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm floored. Um there's a, a great new, a really unique uh, pet service that is happening around the country. And I would have never dreamed this one up, you know. But human kids get this service, so why not for kids? Hmm. Okay, that's on the way. Hmm. Hmm. Hi. She's the busiest man in show business. The dog father, Joey Volani on Animal Radio with uh, our weekly tip. Weekly. It is weekly. Remember that. Yes. Yes. So, you, you know, I want, I want to talk about something, because a lot of people go out and they buy these home grooming kits. There's a few things that I, I want to clarify, because I got a picture from somebody, and they, um, let me ask you a question. How do you guys feel when your haircut is too short? I hate it, but I know when it's going to grow back. When your haircut is too short, do you get mad? I yes. cry. I know I yes. get mad. I cry. I, cry. I hid when I was a kid, yeah. yeah. What a lot of people don't realize is because what they'll do is they'll have their, their hair um, dressed because it's easy. I mean, listen, you see the person who cuts your hair a lot more often than you see your groomer. So a lot of times they say, well, what blades will leave um, my hair about a half inch long? And they'll give you that number. The problem is with pets, it's reversed. So the higher the number the shorter it is. The lower the number, the longer it's going to leave on the coat. Now, with humans, it's completely the opposite. So a triple zero for people is equal to a 50 blade, and that's bald. So if you confuse them, you're going to have a problem. That being said, and more importantly, what I want you guys to understand is these blades are moving objects, metal on metal. Okay, unless you get ceramic blades, which they do make, but they run at such a high rate of speed that they build up friction. Those blades can get to the point where they can be up to 180 degrees. So that means you're going to burn your pet. So you constantly have to keep feeling that clipper blade. And when I say constantly, I'm talking about every three to four minutes. You want to put it on your wrist and you want to feel it. And as soon as it starts getting warm, you either want to take it off, replace it with a replacement blade, or they have cooling spray that you need to cool it down with. Um, Just recently it was on social media. Um, somebody that was grooming their pet and they gave their pet some some pretty severe burns and it was due to the clipper blade and they had no clue they thought the dog just didn't like having a haircut and the dog was yelping um, but honestly they were burning their pet okay so let, let me you ask you out, let me ask you a stupid question when you sure. test that blade on your wrist do you turn it off or do you can you leave it on <laughs> You can leave it on. I mean, it's see, it's going to be very difficult to catch your skin with it um, if you're putting it on your wrist because you're putting it flat, and it's really not going it, to – it's hard to cut yourself with it. Um, you can shut it off. Um, it doesn't really matter. I think uh, if you had one in your hand and you've seen it, you would completely understand what I'm talking about. So it could be running. It could be off. Um, it doesn't matter. But you do have to pay attention to it because it's going to get hot. It's, it's going to cause friction. So be careful. And they do make ceramic blades. I was unaware of this. And are those cooler? Yeah, they make ceramic blades. So, And they still heat up, but they don't get anywhere as near as your conventional metal blades. 
Okay. Very important. Still the easiest thing, I think, is taking your pet to the groomer. Just, yeah, I agree. let them do it. Yeah, they're the pros. They know what's going on. Well, I want to know whose bright but, idea it was to switch the blades like that for humans to animals. <laughs> That's just confusing. Yeah. Somebody went, ha, ha, look what I'm going to do. Um, it's very confusing. I think the reason why they do it, and this is just my thought pattern, is um, the human industry has so many more people involved that the cost factor is lower. So I think in order to deter um, people in the pet industry from buying it, they reversed it. There you go. Joey Volani on Animal Radio. If you'd like to talk to him right now, 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1-866-405-8405. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest price. Prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-311-2199. 800-311-2199. That's 800-311-2199. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. New research conducted by Scotland's Caledonian University highlights some potential risks in being, let's say, overly affectionate with our pets because they say it can really increase the risk of humans catching drug-resistant illnesses. Now, while experts do acknowledge and they even encourage our bond between, you know, pet parents and their fur children, some are now recommending limits on physical interaction because of the danger posed by the transfer of antibiotic-resistant bugs, which, um, look at it, is a risk for humans and animals, too. Dr. Adele Dixon, she's a health psychologist who led this study, says the research is showing how big this problem is of antibiotic resistance, but that this study really only looked at a very small part of the bigger picture because what these doctors really were interested in is the affectionate relationship that we have with our pets and, as a result of that, the risk that that could pose for families. Now, she admits that the risk is really relatively low, so we're not trying to suggest that we all stop, you know, hugging our dogs or kissing our dogs, but there are some small and simple things that we can do that could make a huge difference in fighting the risk of antibiotic resistance, or AR, as it's becoming known as. These recommendations, avoid kissing your pets on the mouth, and I've been thinking about this, and and I caught myself over the weekend doing it three times. (laughs) Don't let your pets lick your mouth or lick your nose. Now, wash your hands after you pet any animals, especially right before you eat, and make sure that pets eat from their own bowls and don't use household utensils. But that would be really difficult for me because, 
Diesel has to be spoon-fed four times a day. So One for you, two. one for me. One no, for no, we don't no. share. <laughs> but anyway, that would be hard. So, I don't know. The overprescription and incorrect use, I guess, is actually what it is of antibiotics, is what they're saying is the... Bottom line, main cause for antimicrobial resistance in both humans and animals. Now, the number of animals harboring drug-resistant bugs is really very, very low. So don't let this freak you out, but just keep it in the back of your mind because it's there. The number is less than 1% of healthy pets have these drug-resistant bugs, but experts feel the risk in taking precautions is worth taking. Yeah, I'm definitely taking that risk. I won't, I won't tongue my animals anymore, but I definitely will hold them. Uh, and I, well, I mean, who does really anyway? Not intentionally. Sometimes you get the <laughs> right, old that's true. jab. That's true. But there you go. Um, Dr. Debbie, I knew you were going to say that because you, I don't know how you do it. How do you refrain? From licking my dog's mouths and kissing them? No, not from licking, from kissing them on the mouth. Yeah, I guess I know where their butt's been, and I know what grows there. (laughs) And it's not just their butt. You know, dogs explore their world with their mouths. So, you know, if... If you didn't ever wash your hands and you, like, fist bumped everyone, you'd have all sorts of bacteria on your hands passing it to other people. So, I don't know. I just... That works for me for about two minutes after I see them doing that, sniffing another dog's butt or something like that. I go, oh, gosh, I, I know where your mouth has been. And and then seriously, you know, like that night, I'll kiss him and I'll go, oh, my gosh. But it doesn't last long enough. Oh, see, that's never been an issue for me. I have never kissed my dog on the mouth, and I will never let my dog kiss me on the mouth. That's oh, just really she's gross. Tugged you. She's got up she's there. gotten me by accident. Yeah. You know, I let her lick my chin and sometimes my nose, but no, I cover my lips. I put my hand over my lips because she goes right <laughs> for the mouth. She aims for my lips. I have to admit, I have gotten occasionally caught by a, a pet in the hospital where I'll be talking and then you know holding them, and then that tongue just goes. And I'm like, they just French kissed me. It's in my mouth. <laughs> so it happens. You know, we don't mean for it to happen. But, um, you know, if you think wisely about it, it doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> no. I don't know what it is about this um, second newscast that we do. It always seems to be a Dr. Debbie newscast. And I thought of you, Dr. <laughs> Debbie, when I saw this story, because I know you send your babies to daycare. Yes. And, mm-hmm. um there's a new kind of pet service that's popping up all over the country. And from Oregon, they've done stories all the way back to Massachusetts. It's a bus service for dogs. So dogs who go to daycare in some cities are just like human kids being picked up by a bus or a van. In Oregon, they're calling it the Bark Bus. And some businesses are even renting buses out for dog parties. Oh, that is so which cool. Which is becoming bigger and bigger. Yeah, that's isn't fun. it? <laughs> And uh, it all ended well for a man in Indianapolis who thought he was going to have to sell his car in order to afford surgery for his dog who had eaten a sock and a plastic baby bottle. He started vomiting profusely and couldn't stop. So the guy had, you know, taken his dog to the vet and found out, you know, what he had to do. And then he posted his car for sale online saying he'd take $1,000 less for it than he wanted so that his pit bull mix named Gemini could have this surgery that he needed. So, um, you know, this ad goes online. And then SOAR Initiative, which is Street Outreach Animal Response, it's a group, they were able to find a surgeon to help. And then they also raised another $3,000 in donations after everybody saw 
this post on Facebook, and Gemini got his surgery, and he is expected to make a full recovery. But everybody thought, you know, oh, my gosh, the guy's willing to sell his car for his do-. You know, we, we are all, we ladies love guys who love their, their dogs, animals, pets, <laughs> flamingos. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet. Does Ladybug do any tricks? She does. I've taught her probably about four or five different tricks. Really? Yes. What are those? What are those tricks? What does she do? Um, I put my arms in a circle. She'll jump through them. Okay. Uh, um, That's pretty cool. I put my hand up. I, I tell have her a small dog to do that one. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. You would do yeah. it. Tough with a big dog. She's only nine pounds. And then I, I have her touch my hands. And yeah. I stick my hand out and I tell her to touch and touch. And then I get on my four. You know, I get down on my hands and knees and I tell her jump. She jumps up on my back. Oh, really? Yeah, she's got a lot of little Did tricks. Did it take she... a lot of time to train her these tricks? No. Yeah. You know, she's just one of those that picks it up quick. I even set up an agility course in the backyard and couldn't figure out how to teach her to jump over the bars and run through the hoops. And I just looked at her and said, let's go. And she did it. She did it. She did it. Holy mo- she, Wow. She's a uh, Jack Russell min pin. So it's probably the Jack Russell in her. Yeah, she's she's got a lot of energy and she's extremely intelligent and picks up on things fast. Will she do any of these uh, tricks like, say, in public? Are you kidding yeah, she will. No, she doesn't. <laughs> no, she makes. I actually had to videotape it because I don't think anybody believed me that she actually knew tricks. Because in front of people, she just looks at me like, "Are you crazy?" Huh, I wonder what that's all about. I don't know. I bet uh, Chris Perandi will tell us. Chris Perandi, he runs the <laughs> Stunt Dog Productions and Stunt Dog Academy near Stockton, California, and he joins us right now. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are, how are you guys this They're, morning? Oh, splendid. I, but I am curious, why do you think Judy's dog here won't do these tricks in public? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all about looking for that focus and tunnel vision um, in your dog and trying to get them acclimated in, in environments that are with a little bit of distraction at first and then slowly acclimate them to, to bigger distractions. And trying to find out what really motivates as well. And we like to use toys and treats, obviously, and I'm sure you're doing this doing the same. Yes, she likes treats. She has stage fright. Does she? Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Maybe you might have to ramp up the treat. Maybe it's something a little more high value, possibly. Um, and again, you know, start it off like like for example, if you're having a hard time getting her focused out at the park, then maybe. But if you're doing all the training, say in your in your house, then you might go to a park hike setting, but like in your backyard, oh. um, for example, at first, and then slowly maybe start from the backyard, then maybe take her to the front yard, and then you know least amount of distractions at first, and then start adding more distractions. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Now I attribute it to being a Jack Russell that this dog has been able to pick it up. Are there, are there certain dogs that are smarter than others? And are there, really, the question is, are there dumb dogs that don't get it? And don't even can, try? Don't even waste your time. Well, there are dogs that, that have a little bit more uh, level of focus than others. And um, we, call, we attribute that to prey drive, P-R-E-Y, prey drive. And basically, we take that prey drive and we turn it into play drive. 
And so some dogs have more of a tunnel vision than others. And when I say tunnel vision, where they're just focused on you and the distractions around them um, don't bother them at all. And then there's other dogs that get distracted by every little thing a butterfly could fly by and they'll look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much the same way. Yeah. And what about age? Can you teach an old dog new tricks? You know, I get asked that a lot. And absolutely, I've, I've proven this time and time again in my shows as I travel across the country performing with my dogs. I, I always want to keep them acclimated and having fun because that's really what it's all about, spending time with my dogs. And as they get older, I teach them new things so they can still get out there and have fun in front of an audience and really showcase how awesome these rescue dogs are. Because I don't know if you know, but all my dogs are actually rescues from pounds and shelters. Wow. So you, you travel the country uh, doing shows with rescue dogs. How many? I have 12 dogs right now, and I'm getting wow. ready to stop to 13. Wow. Uh, wow. Number 13. I'm flying actually uh, tomorrow to fly in and get my new dog. <laughs> I'm adopting this little guy out of Tennessee from a rescue called A Place to Bark. It's a huge rescue out in Tennessee. And do they all live with you? Yeah, absolutely. There are kids and pets for life, and half of them on the bed sleeping in bed with us, and the other half in their own little beds or under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We are with Chris Perandi, dog trainer extraordinaire. And up next, he'll train us a trick to train our dogs. Stick around. It's Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio, baby. Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. Subaru of Indiana Automotive has produced its fourth million automotive vehicle. SIA is Subaru's only manufacturing plant outside of Japan, currently making the Ascent, Impreza, Legacy, and Outback models for North America. A Subaru spokesman says, Our 5,700 associates are directly responsible for the quality that Subaru customers have come to expect. SIA expects to begin production of the all-new 2020 Legacy and the all-new Outback at the end of July. To find your new car, go to OurAutoExpert.com. Our auto expert is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Oh, what did he say? He said, we're all across the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. Live at the Red Barn Studios, here's Hal and Judy. It is Animal Radio, and we are celebrating the connection with our pets and joining us right now is Chris Perandi. He runs Stunt Dog Productions and the Stunt Dog Academy near Stockton, California. And he travels the world entertaining with his stunt dogs. He has a brand new book out called The Big Book of Tricks. And in just a couple of seconds, we're going to learn a trick for your dog. And earlier, Chris told us he has about a dozen dogs or so that are his own personal dogs, which he trains. And these are the dogs that travel around with him and they live at home with him. So do you tend to go towards a certain breed or do you have a wide variety of everything at your house? Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. Thanks for asking. We do have a wide variety of dogs. Um, We have a Golden Doodle. We have a couple Border Collie mixes. We have a Jack Russell, uh, Cattle Jack. Uh, we, of course, have a Dalmatian mix. Um, what else? We, we have a Husky cattle dog and uh, just a good mix of dogs. Um, but we do have a few from the herding breed. And I will say the dogs from the herding and sporting breed, they do have a little bit more drive sometimes because, you know, that's what they're bred for. So they're going to be the dogs that are going to be more toy motivated 
you know, than some of the other breeds out there. It doesn't mean that they're smarter. It just means they have more of a working ethic and background bred within them. So it does make those type of activities a little bit easier. Okay, I am uh, going to go grab your book. Can you give me a, a hand with this, Judy? <laughs> Bring this book on over. There you go. This is uh, your new book, The Big Book, and I accentuate The Big Book of <laughs> Tricks for the Best Dog Ever. And it includes 118 tricks. And it's one of those wow. books that is uh, very colorful. For, like, for me, I love pictures. Well, they're very helpful when, <laughs> when trying to teach your dog a trick. Yes. <laughs> Uh, you sort of divide it up into simple tricks, basic stuff for the uh, the beginner, the beginner dog, the intermediate, and the very experienced dog, which I love. And I'm wondering today if you could share us, and it probably will have to be a basic trick, but a, a trick that we can use with our dogs and uh, teach them just to see how smart they are. <laughs> no, just... oh, absolutely. Um, a fun trick I always like to kind of go over when I get asked, uh, you know, how to train. Um, obviously, you, first off, you want to have good obedience with your dog first. Um, and we, we do clicker train, so we acclimate them to the clicker by clicking the clicker, give them a treat. Click the clicker, give them a treat. Eventually, they will associate that sound with a positive response. And that helps with timing because t- training your dog um, is about patience, and it's also about good timing. The faster you reward your dog, the quicker they'll learn at whatever it is you're teaching them. And a fun trick to finish off like a routine or just to kind of get your dog um, acclimated is take a bow. I Ooh. love teaching take a bow. It's okay. so much fun. Um, and it's pretty simple. Um, first thing you need to do is get your dog standing. So you need your dog standing up. And a lot of times your dog wants to sit or wants to lay down because you've worked on all those obedience behaviors, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. So a simple way to get your dog to stand is if your dog's sitting there looking at you or is laying down looking at you, just kind of walk towards them just easily, just kind of just like tiptoe towards them, like towards into them a little bit. And as they stand up, give them that reward. Click the clicker. Give them the power word, yes and give them that treat, eventually your dog will stand on cue. Once they're standing on cue, you can kneel down beside them, put your arm just kind of under their belly, don't have to put a lot of pressure, just your arm under their belly, and then lure them with a treat, their favorite treat, whatever it might be, and lure them down into the bow position, bringing your hand down underneath their nose, under their chin, all the way to their chest, as they go down in the down bow position, basically. And give them the, the cue at the same time, say bow, and then eventually you'll fade out your arm, and you'll fade out the, the cookie in your hand, and eventually when you take a bow, your dog will take a bow with them. Oh, i got to try that yeah. one. Yeah, well, it's on page 56 in the book here. Even so though her, her nose is only about six inches off the ground. Already. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, I've never had a dog where I could reach the part that you take away the treat. I yeah. mean, that's what – Roe gets so excited about doing his, his tricks that sometimes he's he's overly excited and – and does all of his tricks before you even ask for the next one. He kind of oh, yeah. runs them into a little routine. <laughs> oh, yeah. They get what I call show smart. That's what they're doing. They get show smart. They know that they're getting ready. Well, I say show smart because I'm doing live performances, but th- that's basically what they're doing. They, they know what's coming next, and they start offering all these behaviors because they know they're going to get that special reward that they love so much. Mm. You say they need to start out with that basic obedience, that they should, base, they should have some basic skills to begin with. In regards to your dogs, do they sleep in bed with you, or do you, do you have to crate them all? What are they oh, like? They do sleep in bed with me. They're they do? Spoiled. We have a few in the bed, um, and then we have a, you know, the rest of them around the bed or under the bed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we have a, we have a good pack. They love each other. They get along well, and, and we, we tend to spoil them a little bit, too. I'll be honest. I mean, they're, you know, obviously, we do a lot of fun training with them, and, and they're, they're traveling around. They're well-behaved, but at the end of the day, they're dogs, and they need to be dogs and just have fun and, and love life and with us. 
Okay, the book is called The Big Book of Tricks for the Best Dog Ever. I have 10 copies to give away no, right now. No, you don't. Now. Oh, I have nine copies to give away right now <laughs> at uh, 1-866-405-8405. If you're not lucky enough to get on through today, head on over to Amazon.com or your favorite bookstore and ask for The Big Book of Tricks for the Best Dog Ever by Larry Kay and our guest, Chris Perondi. And we'll put links, of course, over at AnimalRadio.pet. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. We got to get out of here. Judy's telling me we've got to get out of here. There's another show that wants to get on in here. Really? Can't we just stay for a little long? I'm having so much fun. I know, but a time is up. Everything okay. has to come to an end. Okay, well, for this week, we'll be back next week. If you need your fix during the week, here's a great way to get it. Head on over to animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And we'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd say it's time for a potty break, but we just had one of those. <laughs> so we'll see you next week. <laughs> This is Animal Radio Network.